Welcome, everyone, to episode 141 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and I thought that we might as well do an emergency episode, the pandemic episode of Fergo and the Freak. Andrew's not here at the moment, but I have two very special guests. I have Katie, who you all know. Hello, Katie. And I have... I have... Hello, Katie. Thank you for joining us. And I've got Daniel Pettigrew, who does... uh, Swa Sports Radio. Hello, Daniel. Yeah, I just saying to you before we're recording, it's a bit weird you hosting instead of me, but episode one forty one, I'm very impressed, mate. Yeah, we uh I was gonna say we knock them out like something, but I won't say that. <laughs> no, uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh don't worry, I reckon the listeners when they hear me do the intro, they're all like, What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I'm sure they're very excited. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. It's been a really weird few days. Um, it probably all kicked off when the NBA decided that they were going to suspend games out of nowhere and they had to play a test positive, Rudy Gobert. They've had um, Donovan Mitchell also test positive, but I feel like that was the first domino for a lot of things falling into place in terms of sport around the world. We'd already seen Italian soccer. They had been playing behind closed doors. But since the NBA decided to suspend their season, we've seen pretty much every sport except rugby league decide to stop playing. Um, Katie, what have you thought about the last few days in terms of how it's sort of affected your life? And, you know, it's kind of been like a movie, hey? A little bit, yeah. It hasn't affected my life much because I like to avoid people in general. So I feel like my whole life leading up to this has just been preemptive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just feels like business as usual for me. Okay. So Daniel, like you've you do a lot of radio work. Mm. You actually do a lot of flying as well from time <laughs> to time. What's it been like for you? Well, it's been interesting before we get obviously to the NRL and the sporting point of view. From a personal point of view, I'm so I, I grew up in Sydney. I'm a rugby league fan, but I'm currently living in Melbourne, working in Melbourne. But as you pointed out, flying to Sydney quite a lot for rugby league during the rugby league season. And um, in two weeks' time, I was due to fly to Sydney, uh, possibly next week, but definitely in two weeks' time uh, to do a game for Swa Sport and also present the South Sydney and Sydney Roosters match, which obviously, for many reasons, as you know, is always a grudge match. Um, and for, uh, so, so, so more so because it's been built up all off-season with Latrell Mitchell joining the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, from a work point of view, I've worked in the media, mate, for probably 10 or 11 years. I've not seen – I've seen big stories. I've not seen a story just in the whole basic of the world, not even to do with sport, move as fast as this. Three or four days ago, we were nowhere near where we are now in terms of suspending our major two football codes in this country, in the NRL and the NFL, all playing them behind closed doors. I was at work on Friday night, um, and I was there for about six hours. They're quarantining uh, – they're putting – in isolation, they're putting the big presenters from all different radio stations in quarantine as of Monday, so they don't affect it. And the worry from listeners is I've never seen anything like it. Now, I've had my personal opinions whether this is an overreaction or not. I I don't know. But obviously, we've got to keep the vulnerable people in our community safe. So I agree with the fact that we might have to change things around a bit. And, mate, from a personal point of view, I mean, we can't see into the future, but I'm supposed to be in Sydney in two weeks. I don't know whether I'm going to get on that plane. I don't know whether I should. It's just left everything up in the air for everyone, I reckon. 
Yeah, and like we've had, I know that we've been aiming to get together for the commentary that we do for, mm. for the Canterbury Cup. And I know, like, we talked last week a little bit about what we were going to do. And it was funny because I, I messaged you early last week saying, what, is there any plans in place? And you're like, oh, it's, we're just going to wait and see for now. And then you, I, what was it, Thursday that we had our phone call and it had changed mm. so much since then. Well, and, well, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, we had a discussion, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, and I wasn't, I know you messaged me, you messaged me, I think, at the beginning of last week, so, you know, about 10 days ago and said, what does the station have in place, the station where we call Rugby League? And at that stage, you know, there'd been a few cases in Australia, but nothing overly uh, to be concerned about. Mm. Um, and we didn't have anything in place as far as I know. And then when we spoke on the phone, um, I rang, and I'm not going to go into details, but I rang uh, someone in the New South Wales Rugby League who said, it's a wait and see situation. And on that day, it really was a wait and see situation, especially from the New South Wales Rugby League, but more so from the NRL. This has escalated more so in the past 72 hours since there's been more cases in Australia. And I think also, and this is a complete different uh, thing and probably something we shouldn't go into, but I also think we're struggling a bit because no one really knows what's going on because of the lack of leadership. We've seen what New Zealand has done in the last 24 hours, and I know this impacts the NRL, and that is a different subject, but they've put in place that everyone coming back into the country um, needs to be self-isolated for 14 days. I'm not entirely sure whether you think this is over, uh, over. you know, if, if you think this uh, needs to be done or not, it's a separate thing, but I'm not entirely sure why Australia aren't doing that. Why And why we had to wait when Scott Morrison came out on Friday and said, oh, we have to avoid gatherings of 500 or more, but you can wait until Monday to do that. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm kind of surprised we were playing in front of crowds this week, even though it's great because it puts the NRL players and anyone playing professional sport at risk. It's just a very mixed message here in Australia. Yeah, that was a bit weird. It's uh, like, Katie, what do you think about, like when you are out in public, are you thinking about this? Like, do you find yourself, when you see someone coughing or, or sneezing or something, are you super vigilant about it? Because I know I have been. I am all the time, actually, because I have lupus, so I'm immunocompromised um, on the regular. So it's something that I always pay a lot of attention to. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, would, mm. would you say you got decent price tickets, or say you got free tickets to a footy game? So at, at Parramatta Stadium or something, would you go? Um, I've been offered members tickets to Parramatta Stadium on the regular, and I don't go. Okay. Because I avoid people as much as I can because they're disease carriers at the best of times. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Parramatta fans, they're just a bunch of dirty, <laughs> you know, pandemic waiting to happen is the, the best of times. You just time. never know what, what people are going to do or have or – and I just – I'm around people all week at work. Mm-hmm. And so on the weekends, I just don't want anything to do with them. But, but, but Katie makes a good point here in the fact that, yes, this this coronavirus is awful, but I'm kind of hoping that once we're past this and we don't know when we pass this in terms of society, but I, I'm hoping that the whole washing of hands and hand sanitizer – 
uh, sort of is almost made a regular daily basis. Now, washing your hands should always be like that. But mm. I've seen people, you know, washing their hands, even if they've not done anything, but just washing their hands before they eat, even if they've just been sitting there for an hour. I think hygiene and like Katie said, you get on public transport at the moment, someone's coughing. Now, there's a 99% chance nothing's wrong with them. But you kind of look up and you kind of worry about it. I've even seen in reports today that potentially, if it gets worse, we could be getting on trains where we are only able to sit one passenger per two seats or one passenger for per four seats, depending what train or bus or whatever mode of transport you're in. So it is just quite unbelievable the times we're living in. Sorry, Katie, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just thinking about the fact that people just are very thoughtless with it, like, our bakery is about four shops down from a doctor's surgery. Mm-hmm. And the other week a lady comes in, she's like, oh, you should wash your hands after you serve me because I have shingles. Oh. And I'm like, if you've got shingles, why are you coming into a bakery? Mm-hmm. Go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I know personally, like when, I, when I've when i been out, it doesn't matter where I've been, if, if I've been to the footy, if I've just been to the local shop, whatever, I come in, I wash my hands. I tend to mm. do that. And I tend to wash my hands before I'm making something to eat and things like that. And it's weird because you sort of think to yourself, is that over the top normally? And I, I've at times I've thought, like, maybe it is, but I'm comfortable in doing that. It's not affecting anyone else. I wash my hands a few more times than most people. But And when it's coming to what the, the authorities are saying now, like my routine hasn't basically changed at all because what they they're saying I kind of do all the time anyway. Um, but yeah, it really does bring into it, it, it's like you say, Katie. Like you know, you see somebody. I you know the thing I can never get is when somebody walks into a pharmacy and they're eating food. It's like what the fuck are you doing? You're going to catch people that their kids play on the floor at the doctors or the hospital. Yes. yes. And it's like people bleed on that floor and vomit and, like, what are you doing? Mm. It, it, look, it probably is, like, generally speaking, I applaud you. I think it's a great idea to do that. Look, you know, you've known me for a while. Last year, I, we, we were at Campbelltown in September of last year, and I turned up with tonsillitis. Now, I would usually just say a member of my team um, not to come in. And we've had that discussion, as you know, over the past week. And I've actually just sent a message out recently asking, look, if the season is to go ahead or we don't know where we're at with that at the moment, Mm. I'm leaving it up completely to the members of the commentary team to turn up. But if one of them presents with a cold or I present with a cold, like anyone could get this, even if it's not coronavirus, it's just not risk conti- worth the risk of continuing when hopefully in a month we can sort of push past this. I think the important thing, and I know we'll get onto the sport ramifications in a minute, but I think the real important thing, and from people that know a lot more about this than us, the next two weeks is crucial in this country. You've seen what's happened in Italy over the past uh, week. Now, I think last night, uh, 250 people died yesterday in Italy because they just cannot cope with everything that's going on. So, Regardless of all sport, and we love our sport, but it's so important, I think, these next two weeks to get what they say, the curve in inverted commas downwards. Um, and the other thing I think people forget, guys, is that we're heading into our winter. Now, over in the UK, over in Italy, over in Europe, obviously, they're heading into their summer. Now, obviously, there's jokes made about how hot it actually does get over there, but it is going to be warmer over there. 
Whereas here, we've got to deal with this. We're also going to have to deal with the ordinary flu that's going around. And just because of the kind of weather, I can tell you here in Melbourne, uh, yesterday was 30 degrees. Today was about 16 degrees. I know it was similar in Sydney with the weather. People are going to get general colds as well. So there's got to be some kind of advice there on what people have to do. This is why, for so many reasons, the next two or three weeks is absolutely crucial in the context of how this whole story plays out. Definitely. And look, I think that I wouldn't be shocked if by tomorrow night or the Sunday night, this will be when people are listening to this, um, that they'll have at least in the big cities um, closed down the schools for the week because, and I know that there's a lot of arguments against it. There was an arguments against it in that people that work in the medical profession, they can't afford to now be off of work and stay at home and look after their kids that are in school. Um, but it's, I, I feel as though that in Australia we're a little bit lucky in that we're very isolated and we're a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of where our numbers are at with the infection rate and, you know, like how we're able to isolate people and stuff. And I think that as a country, I just wouldn't be shocked if the government decided over the next 48 hours that if we look to isolate people um, to a, a severe degree, we're going to be able to slow the infection rate to a point where our, our hospital systems and our doctors and that aren't overwhelmed because that's really all they're trying to stop with this isolation stuff. It's not so much stopping everyone getting it or most people getting it because they tend to think that most people, that like 70%, I think they said we're going to get it. But it's everyone getting it all at once that's the problem because they just can't treat everyone at once. And the other thing is also people getting the flu at the same time as this virus, which is why they're encouraging people when it is time to get the flu shot, which is very soon. You mentioned schools. I know names, but I know a school teacher who has basically pleaded with the principal and hire up people to close the school now. The the other thing that people are kind of forgetting, if you're not involved in the education world, which I am not, but what people are forgetting is we're two weeks away from school holidays, three maybe in some states. Just take them off. Obviously, the Easter show has been cancelled and that's sad. But, you know, if you've got to take time off for four weeks to look after your kids to save them from getting sick and save yourself from getting sick, is that the end of the world? Yes, I know the economy is important. I know we still need to go out. But there's nothing to say you can stop. There's nothing not to say that if you stop schools, you still can't go out to the shops. You still can't, if you're 18 or over, go out for a drink. They're not saying you can't go out. But I think there has to be a lot of precautions about, I know they say 500, but I reckon any mass gatherings and staying in one isolated spot. But to be honest, and I love your guys' point of views on this, the whole public transport system, I know we talked about this, you know, that they say, and the chief health officer, who knows a lot more than us, say that it's more if you're in a static environment for more than two or three hours. But the argument I've heard from sports fans, I think it's a fairly valid one, you know, you go to watch the Roosters play Penrith or whatever the other night, last night, you, you you know, you go to any sporting game, you go to the AFL, are you just as likely to catch it there as you are? You're probably more likely to catch it on public transport. So when does it come a time where we shut down public transport and tell everyone basically, apart from maybe supermarkets and chemists, to stay in the house? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's weird because we, ca- we can't really shut everything down. No. Um. And people still have to work. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, in Italy they have done, but it's a very, it's funny, it's a very, very different country to what we have in Australia. Um, and I think that we're seeing that 
with how you know it, it, it hitting the US and their their um, hospital system and and all that. It's very different to what we have. Um, I think we're probably more in line with what they've got in the UK and Canada in in terms of like our our system of government, obviously, but also just our general society and how it's set up. Um, the UK is really struggling with it at the moment. Mm. They've got a lot of a lot of issues there. Um, look, I, I think it comes down to the individual. Like Katie, you've, I mean, you've got kids, and and uh, like it, they've been saying that children tend to be carriers. If and if they get it, they're not really affected by it. Thankfully, like touch wood, it's fantastic that it's that case. But do you are you sort of at the point where you're starting to think about, you know, do you send your kids to school? Do you keep them back? Are you able to keep them back? Like, what are, what are your thoughts there? I haven't really thought about it so mm-hmm. much. Just because I've been so busy and I know that I get sick so easily. So if there was someone near me that has coronavirus, I would have it. Mm-hmm. Because I catch everything. I've had staff. I've had chicken pox four times mm-hmm. i've had all types of illnesses so i know that i'll get sick mm-hmm. but if they said to me you have to keep your kids home i'm keeping my kids home yeah uh, are, are you just, choosing are you choosing to keep your kids home at the moment not at the moment no but if i hear about someone close by that has coronavirus i might mm. but i i'm a bit more full on with that kind of stuff then my husband he's kind of like the type of person who's like okay your arm got chopped off you'll be right (laughs) so we've got to find that balance and I'm at work all day he's the one at home so he's kind of the one that makes that choice there Mm. because he's the one dealing with it not me but I mean I think there's people that work that need to go to work but there's people that don't work that don't need to send their kids to school. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if people who don't work that don't need to send their kids to school could take one for the team and keep their kids at home so that it lessens the risk of diseases spreading at school because there's less kids at school, that would be nice. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, this is not going to be a forever thing. It's awful at the moment we're in, but it's not going to go. Look, this virus might be around forever, but they're obviously working on a vaccine. And, you know, in a year's, well, probably less than a year's time, in six months, this will all be very different. But right now, we've got to protect as many people as possible. Yeah, and, and do whatever it takes to a certain extent. I mean, I. Look, if it was up to me, we would go straight to the extreme measures and try yep. and stop it in its tracks. But I, I understand that's not practical. And I also am looking at it from a point of view of somebody that could do that and it, it not affect me as much as it would affect a lot of other people. Um, I, I just worry if we don't take them steps now that we will have to do them anyway. Um, I think we should be doing them now. Honestly, I, I, I just yeah. don't see why we're waiting. I, I tend to agree. Um, three nights ago, I'm lying in bed, right? I, my Do head, we want to know this? <laughs> yeah. Lying in bed. Just thinking, what should I do now? Um, <laughs> I, I'm lying, chucked on some AMSR. Um, so 
I, my head started feeling a bit funny. Um, <laughs> I had a bit of a, a tingle in the back of my throat and my nose was a little bit runny. And I'm, I was lying there and I'm thinking, I got it. I, I've got it. I've definitely got it. Right? This is it. I'm yeah, dying. This is it. Yeah. I, and look, I've, I've been, I'm pretty good at it at the moment. Um, but I did say I thought I had it and I thought I'm either going to wake up and I'm going to be really sick. I'm going to wake up and it's just because I've had the air conditioner on today. And it turned out it was probably just the air conditioner. Have you both had those moments in the last few days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have those moments all the time. As soon as I get any type of sniffle, I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this, I'm done. But I got the flu a few years ago. And you know how people get a cold and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I've got the flu. Like, no, bitch. You will know when you've got the flu. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with Katie. I, I haven't had the flu as such over the past couple of years, but I, I've had, as you know, bouts of tonsillitis and – uh, I had one really bad in 2018, um, which, to be perfectly honest, and it probably gets the example of what the, I mean, a lesser example, obviously, but what, what the NRL is trying to do and AFL is trying to do at the moment is protect everyone from this. I had a bound of tonsillitis in 2018. I still turned up to call the game of rugby league. I then went to a Roosters game. Now, if that was now um, and you had this uh, virus, that would be very much frowned upon, putting mm-hmm. it nicely. Um, and as you know, I had it last year. The past couple of days, and it hasn't been anything proper, I probably don't think, but I've woken up in the middle of the night with a tiny sore throat and then I go back to sleep and I'm fine. But also, like, from what I do, calling rugby league, even though that's probably on hold for a little bit, I'm a bit like Katie, every time you get a little tickle, every time you get a bit of a cold, you worry. Um, so, and, and, and I think, and this is not an attack in the media, but I think because it's in the news so much, as it has to be rightfully so, I think it's kind of made some people kind of paranoid as well. And the other thing, the weather is changing. In Sydney and Melbourne and other parts of Australia, not so much in the hotter parts of Australia, the weather is going from hot to cold, and people do tend to get sick at this time of the year anyway. So you kind of got, I kind of kind of add that into the equation where there will be a lot of people that just are just around having normal colds who have rang the whatever hotline, who have rang everyone just to make sure they are okay as well. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up the media because, like, I, you you work in the media, right? Mm. Um, and <laughs> the three of us were all like commentary superstars obviously podcasting <laughs> superstars our voice is out i like to say that my voice is my organ and i like to look after my organ um but i i know that uh on the what day was it i think it was the thursday it was the thursday i basically watched all day that was the day that they cancelled the grand prix was it thursday or friday? Uh, friday friday so friday i watched I was watching the news ABC before they'd cancelled the Grand Prix. And so mm. I watched the news all day. It was on in the background from the morning. And it was interesting because there was a lot of press conferences and things like that. And then it gets to, and I thought it was very informative. It was very good. And then it gets to seven o'clock, uh, six o'clock, sorry. And I had had uh, Channel 7 News on. It gets to seven, six o'clock and there was a change. And all of a sudden, it started like being tabloid stuff. And I'm like, this is weird. And it gets to 7 o'clock, and I flick over because the footy's coming on. I flick to Channel 9, and ACA is on for half an hour. Well, that was just mm. fucking nutty. There's some of the stuff they had on ACA. It was crazy. Yeah. Look, 
I, I'll be careful what I say because I'm employed yep. by Channel Nine. But yeah. uh, look, I, I was like you on Friday. I was um, I woke up. Um, so I was working, to, and I've been to hear Taddy's thoughts on this because obviously she would have been watching and listening as we all were. But I was working on Thursday night at three <laughs> a.m. Uh, well, maybe you weren't. Uh, but I was working. You might have been one of the smart ones in avoiding it. Um, but, but look, I was working at 3AW in Melbourne on Thursday night, which is the equivalent of 2GB, probably a bit of a, a lesser, more common sense type of station. But, you know, you could argue otherwise. Uh, but look, on Thursday night, I was at work and I think it came through at about 10 p.m. that night that I think the McLaren team um, had pulled out of the F1. Um, and there was a lot of talk around the station then about whether this would go ahead or not go ahead. Anyway, I finished up at midnight, got home, and I know about 1 a.m., went to sleep quite quickly after that. And I woke up in the middle of the night and it was interesting because I get notifications about that news, especially with this on my phone quite a lot. And it had said F1 called off and I had a look at it. Okay, all right, I'll go back to sleep. Then you wake up a few hours later and the whole shambles of however many people um, waiting at the gates after Daniel Andrews, the Victorian Premier, said it's not well, it's definitely not going ahead, at least without crowds. And then they decided, what, two hours later that it wasn't going ahead. The crowds weren't told for an hour, an hour and a half later. Um, and then the news all day, whether it be TV or radio, I think did a very, very good job at reporting everything. I, I didn't watch a current affair. I didn't see a lot of uh, what was going on in there and the whether it be Channel 9 or Channel 7 News. But I think radio kept a level head with everything. Um, and it's quite interesting now that both 2GB and 3AW presenters are going into isolation uh, for the next uh, forever how long, um, just to make sure they're okay and they can uh, keep presenters up to date. Um, I think the media plays a big role in this. I know some people say it's, they're panicking people, and I get that. But at the end of the day, if they ignored it and ignore what was going on, more so probably overseas than here, there's a lot more happening overseas than here at the moment, and hopefully that stays the same. Um, obviously, we want to get better overseas, but we don't want it to get worse here. Uh, they've got to report it because if they didn't, they would ignore it. it. It's just been a very surreal couple of days. And I think, um, I, personally, I hope this doesn't go on for months, but I think we're going to have another surreal couple of weeks before this might just hopefully start to come down, calm down a little. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be at least a month and a half of weirdness just in life and, and generally, um, you know, get, being used, to getting out of your own routines and changing your habits. And look, for me, the thing has been, you know, if I don't desperately need to go and do something or get something, then don't go and get it. Don't leave the house if you don't have to. It was weird. The other, what day was it? I think it was uh, Thursday. Might have been Friday. No, it was Thursday. I uh, went oh. to the campus just to pick up just general supplies. It was like I needed mouthwash. I wanted to get some Panadol, just stuff like that. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you something. There is nothing more frantic than two obvious meth head women running around a chemist trying to get bargains on shelves and stuff and coming back and going and coming back. It was the craziest. Like, I think I said to, I, I messaged Julie um, when I got back. I said, man, if you could get one of these women, that would make 70 tackles in a rugby league game. They had so much energy. I was really actually quite impressed. Um, okay. So let, let's go to rugby league now. Um, the, 
what it's looking like is that we'll play this round in front of crowds. The crowds haven't been great, obviously. And then from next round, we will be playing in front of no crowds. Uh, there is talk that we will be playing in just a couple of different venues. The New Zealand Warriors will be based in Australia during this time until, you know, I mean, you don't know. We don't know what's happening. It's changing so quick. But that seems to be the plan so far. Um, what do you think of this plan, Katie? And, and do you think that the NRL has done the right thing or do you think that they could have done better? Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, I'm sending my kids to school. I'm still going to work, so I don't know what's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine being the guy who has to make those decisions. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to be the person making those decisions because someone's going to be unhappy. I mean, the guy blinks and someone's unhappy. <laughs> yeah, true. And like, so imagine having all these people's health in your hands. Like, yeah. then you shut it down and everyone wants their money back. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and look, I've been talking to people that work at clubs behind the scenes and they've been saying per locked out game they're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars because it is like corporate boxes it is uh just general turn up you know ticket uh buying tickets and stuff they're getting calls from uh from season ticket holders that that what do they do do they want to refund their freaking out um and, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. I tend to think what will happen. And I think the NRL announced that they'll have an emergency fund for clubs because they know they're going to lose. I mean, the clubs across the league are going to lose millions and millions of dollars. Well, uh, sorry, well, going. Now, well, I heard that, um, presuming there are no crowds next weekend, which is 99.9% likely, I think the Broncos are losing a million dollars. I think even the Roosters and like, Laugh about the Roosters, whatever, but I think even for that game at the Central Coast, which they have been promoting for months now, they're going to lose $700,000. Now, teams like the Roosters and the Broncos can probably afford it, but I worry, I've got a big long tangent I'll go on when you let me, mate, but I worry for clubs how long this goes on, for whether we play games or not play games or whatever. Um, this is a big, obviously the world and the health is a much bigger issue, but this is a huge issue for our game. We're not in the position the AFL and the EPL and various other sports are around the world. See, I, I think that... I think that we're in an all right spot, and I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of... The, the clauses in a lot of the contracts, and look, the NBA is looking at this, the NBA Players Association is looking at this. A lot of the clauses in the contracts say that broadcasters, basically there's a point where they can cut back on how much they're giving to a sport in a year, depending on how few games or how many games are cut out of the schedule. So obviously... Channel 9 is not going to say, like, you've taken two weeks off, you know, we're going to cut it by 50%, but they will take a percentage out because we're not giving them the product that we said we would. And I think that will have a flow-on effect to players as well. And I'm sure it would be part of the collective bargaining agreement that if games stop being played, the players will be players will be paid less. Now, I don't think that they're going to shortchange the players and say you're not getting any money, but they will get a, a much lower percentage of the money because it's just no one's doing their job. No one's earning the money. Um, and so I, and I think that rugby league, it's not, it's not going to be good for any sport at all, but I think rugby league's in a better position in terms of 
when things start up again, it is still the number one TV sport in Australia. Like, I'd be way more worried if I was, say, soccer or um, rugby union, so maybe one of these sports that don't have the momentum because mm. it's going to be – I mean, I, rugby union is in a real bad place right now. They've had to cancel their super rugby competition. They're probably going to struggle to get international teams to and from Australia. They're, they're in a real bad place. And – on top of that, the TV ratings are really low. Like, like I, th- I think rugby league. There was a lot of doomsday merchants out today, and I, I can't. Oh, was what. there? I didn't I, notice. <laughs> it was crazy, wasn't it? And but I think there was a lot of speculation about like, oh, this will kill rugby league, and I just don't. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think it'll be really hurtful, and when it all starts up again, rugby league will be back into it. But see, see, I I agree with all of that. Um, I think look, AFL has been true. I don't want to admit it. It's, it's obviously the number one football code in this country. But the one thing that people conveniently forget with AFL, not everyone, but a lot of people, is that as you said, rugby league is a TV game. So mm. look, look, the fact that crowds can't go, and as far as we know, look, when we recorded this podcast obviously the nrl is having a press conference at the time of the recording in about 10 hours time so we will know more then obviously but um the afl are planning to go ahead behind um closed doors i um totally understand why they're doing that um but it will hit them more because they get crowds of 80 90,000 that, that game richmond and carlton on thursday would have got 90,000 people we're not yeah. going to get that that's very realistic um we don't even get that for a grand final but Rugby League is more of a TV game, and I've seen a lot of panic merchants, and it's in society at the moment, on Twitter and social media today saying, oh, look, the season might be cancelled. Look, there is, I'm not going to lie, there is a small possibility that the season may be cancelled. You know, if this goes on for months and one of our players gets coronavirus and everyone goes in quarantine, the season will probably be postponed, then yes, it may well be cancelled. That is worst-case scenario. I think... The NRL, and look, I applaud, and I know he's got his uh, critics. I think Todd Greenberg has done a very good job on this, along with Peter Volandis, um, in the fact that they're trying to push through as long as they can. Personally, I think it's inevitable at some point we're going to postpone the season, whether that be this week or in a few weeks' time. But there is the off chance that this story could die down. And, you know, the government, the Australian government, can get on top of this and we can isolate teams up in Darwin or Townsville or wherever they choose to go. And, you know, in a month's time, maybe this story will go back to normal. There, there is the other possibility, and I don't like mentioning this because I think the kangaroo tour is very, very important. But say we get to a position where we play round two, potentially round three, and then, yeah, one of our players gets the virus. Hopefully they're fine, but obviously they have to go into quarantine. There is the option. Obviously we have two or three weeks up our sleeves with Origin and rep rounds and potentially playing midweek games. But I'm sure one of the options that is being discussed at the moment is maybe we just have to cancel the kangaroo tour now. I don't want that to happen, but I think it would please more people for the NRL to be played, even if we played until the end of October or into early November. It's not really going to hurt anyone because at the end of the day, we're still going to get a three or four month off season. Off season. There are a lot of ways the NRL can get around this. Um, personally, the people I feel most sorry for, um, and if the NRL does go along with this plan, and I think it's a radical plan, the Warriors. Uh, I, I just, How bad is it? Did you see um yeah Adam Blair's wife? I haven't seen that, but I know oh. Peter Hicku's uh, wife is expecting a kid next week. Uh. Um, Is it scary for them, all of them being 
like if their husbands get sick, they're in a different freaking country. Like the the problem is, though, I think Yvonne Sampson made this point um, on the coverage last night that if they do go home, is that they're probably going to have to be self-isolated anyway for 14 days. So it's kind of – it's a lose-lose situation. We are in unprecedented times. Um, And I I posted something on Twitter the other day, and I got a bit of flack from it, but I think the NRL's idea – and look, uh, the NRL has has its critics, but I think the NRL's idea to go forward as long as possible – and and look, we are delaying what is probably going to be inevitable – but if we can get another couple of rounds out, get to round three or round four, and then, you know, if we have to postpone the season for a few weeks, it's not going to be the end of the world. The other thing is, it's probably not going to be long until the Australian government does exactly what the New Zealand government has done as well. Um, and, League Freak, you know more than me, the Toronto Wolfpack base themselves in, I think, the UK of half the year. Um, yeah. I know a Japanese rugby club, a uh, rugby union club, has based, based themselves in some wolves, I think, in Australia for the past month. It's not a good situation. I feel sorry for the Warriors off the field. I think on the field is a bit of a basket case. But, look, it's this is not normal. This is not going to be an every-year thing. But for now, if we want the game to go together, everyone has to unite as one. All the clubs just have to say, this is it for the next month. Let's just go forward and hope for the best. Yeah, I, I, I think what they'll do with the Warriors... I think they'll sit them all, everyone at the club, they'll sit them down. And the first thing is, look, I, I, I am guessing that their Canterbury Cup team played or is going to play yeah. in Australia this week. Yeah, I, that. I, so they played or they are going to play. But the issue with them is a lot of them are on part-time contracts. Um, okay, so, so let me tell you what I think is going to happen, right? I hmm. think that they'll, they'll, they'll sit and the NRL will do it. They'll, they'll get everyone... Probably not in a room. They'll probably do it via TV, uh, Skype. Probably, um, they'll they will say, "Look, this is our plan: is to keep you in Australia. We'll put you in a good place. We will make sure that you're safe as we can possibly make you from the virus." Um, I think the Warriors will be looked after by the NRL if they have to stay in Australia. I also think they'll say, if anybody wants to go home and do the two week quarantine. You just tell us now because, and that'll be a it, look. If it's the whole team wants to go home, there's nothing the NRL can do about it. That, that I don't know if they look to reschedule the Warriors games or if they the Warriors forfeit the games or whatever. Well, I but I don't know why they can't reschedule them. They can take mm-hmm. it from like put their games back and whoever their team's playing like. Just shuffle it. Make it work. The, the I agree with Katie. The only issue I think in that is that then we have an uneven, for however long this goes on for hopefully a few weeks, an uneven competition mm. where you've got the one. And I, look, I think, personally, I think it should be up to the individual players. Personally, yeah. I don't think it should be Stephen Kearney or the Warriors CEO or Todd Greenberg making the decision. If someone like a Peter Hickey wants to go home and support his wife, I have no issue with that. I think there will be a lot of players that will choose to stay because at the end, this is their living. This is their life. And I, I don't know. They may well, a lot of them might be single. Who knows? But there will be a lot of them uh, with families as well. But, but the problem is if we don't have a warrior side in this competition, and yes, they can make up games, but the problem with that to me is that we're going to have 15 teams in the competition. That is fine. 
but then we've got a team that won't play each week, which is one issue. And then let's say this whole issue does vanish in the next couple of months. You then have teams, not the Warriors, but other teams, or actually the Warriors too, that are going to have to play multiple games a week. Um, and I think that's the issue. But to me, it kind of sounded like the competition is going on regardless of what the Warriors decide to do, which is kind of a worry, but I cannot kind of understand that point of view as well. I wonder if there's... And man, it would be an extreme. Look, I think that there's going to be, there's, there's a couple of ways the overall season can go. Number one, they're going to play it as long as possible. And if it does eventually have to get shut down, they look at how many teams, how many games we've played and just try and patch together a season after that. And it might only be a 16 game season or something. They might be able to get it so that. They play each other once overall. I think that's one option. I think number two, if they have to stop the season maybe after this round, I wouldn't be shocked if in a couple of months' time they restarted it when everything settled down a little bit. But we do, once again, have a condensed season where everyone plays everyone once. Um, the only other options I can see from there is that, as you say, extend the season. So we, if we miss a month and a half of football, we tack that on to the end of the normal regular season that we would have had and we end up playing the grand final in maybe November or something. Or the other alternative, if the Warriors are the only team that can't be involved in it, and look, it would be really difficult to see a, a club or, or the, the other 15 clubs agreeing to this, do you have the Warriors basically not be part of the competition this year or do you put them straight in as the eighth team in the finals? I can't. I can't. I'd love to hear, Kate. I, I can't have them as the eighth team in the finals if they haven't played. I, I, I get where you're coming from, but no, I, that's unfair to the teams that have played and a ninth team who might miss the finals. I, I can't see that happening. I, I think all the other options, but I can't see that happening. What do you reckon, Katie? I reckon that as hard as it is to say, and it's not their fault, it's no mm. one's fault, mm. but if I don't go to work, I'm not getting paid. Our mm. shop's not opening. It's not getting done. Bill, bills aren't getting paid. So it's just the way life is. Yeah. yeah and you that, know, you, that's life. Sorry, Katie. You, you, you know the other thing about all of this is that we saw that Penrith Roosters game last night. Now, it wasn't a huge crowd. I don't know how many people were there. Let's say 12, 13,000. I don't even know if a crowd was announced. By the but, way, we won the World Club Championship in that game, so it'd be <laughs> nice if you gave us the trophy. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just... yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> but maybe not a three, maybe three feet next year. Um, but uh, seriously, though, you look at that game. The Roosters got off to a good start, and you know, as a Roosters fan, I'm not overly worried about the result. But the Penrith crowd got the Panthers. Yeah, oh, the Panthers that's were good. nice to be able to have that. But the the Panthers crowd got them back in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, how? From my point of view, and this is the thing, like, I'm not happy about this because I love going to watch my team play. Um, but, but I understand there's a lot more going on in the world and I would rather some rugby league than no rugby league. But how do the players react? Let's say round two goes ahead and it's a big if at the moment. I mean, and I don't think even if the NRL come out and say this is going to happen, lock and change in four days. Look in the past two days, we've had Bronch and Cherry and Angus Crichton both tested for this virus. Thankfully, both have come back negative. So we've got to get through the next four or five days anyway. 
But how did the crowd, uh, how did the fans react playing in front of no crowds? It, it's going to be very weird. I mean, I know some, some, there can be some jokes about some teams not getting a lot of crowds anyway, but seriously, no one in the ground apart from staff and potentially some media personality. It, it's going to be weird. They just put that fake um, applause in it, like they had on those mm. old TV shows. They just just give them fake shit over the speakers. Imagine if that's, like, that's what they use the applause for, like, the price is right from 1982. Yeah, like They just just need someone riding the levels, um, and then when a break is made, they turn up, and when someone drops a ball, there's fake booze and stuff like that. Oh, one of their dads are on the sidelines screaming at them and take them back to junior league days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, the other thing I read today, and I don't think this will happen, I think it's a pretty stupid idea, but I saw in the well, what we printed in the Sunday Telegraph that clubs are considering, uh, it's a fair, fairly far-fetched idea, but considering selling 499 premium tickets um, to go and watch their teams play. Now, the reason I think that is a fairly far-fetched idea is I don't think a lot of these games are going to be based in Sydney anyway. I think they have to move out of Sydney. That, New South Wales is a hotbed at the moment, the hotbed for this virus. Every other state seems to be containing it to some degree. But can you imagine 499 people turning up to a game? That is apparently not considered a mass gathering at the moment. So th- that's another option, but I-, I consider that to be very far-fetched. But I would, I would be, I would take exception if I were a member, which I'm not, because I don't ever plan to go to games. But if I were a member and they started selling off tickets, I'd be like, well, why can't you like randomly choose members if you're going to mm-hmm. do something like that that mm-hmm. have already paid instead of selling premium tickets off? That's a great. <laughs> Just get the members, like, pick however many Mm. each game. Like, and once you've been chosen once, you don't get chosen again because you've been to one. Everyone has to just sacrifice. What do you guys make of um, people, and there's been a lot of argument, I've copped a bit of a piece on Twitter tonight about the fact that there are some people uh, already starting to complain in both NRL and AFL circles uh, about wanting a refund for their membership. Um... I understand it, but personally speaking, if and I say this in the extent that I think there'll be some sort of season this year. If the whole season is cancelled, I do understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you're missing out on a few games, you've obviously kind of got the money to spend on your team. And these all these 16 clubs, I don't care if they're the Roosters down to the Sharks, everyone is going to take a hit on this. I would not be asking for a refund I, I, unless the whole season is cancelled then maybe get a discount on even on next year. But I just think the idea of getting a refund back once you've paid for your membership in a case that is not the team's fault, I think it's just a bit silly. What do you reckon, Katie? I, and then I'll, I'll say what I think. What does membership entail? Because I'm not a member of anything. Like, what when you pay, what, what happens? I think it, it's different levels. Um, I yeah. can only speak uh, from the Roosters, and uh, I'm a season ticket holder of uh, the Sydney Roosters, which in a normal year, obviously, we've sort of got the other issue with the football stadium being redeveloped. But yeah. what the Roosters would usually have 12 home games. They usually take one, as they are or were going to next week in the Central Coast, and I think they've got one in 
Perth this year at this stage that will still be going ahead, but who knows? Um, so, and you do have to pay, I don't know about other clubs, you do have to pay the extra on top of that to go to the Central Coast or go to Perth, which I think is a bit silly. And I think people that have brought tickets to go to the Central Coast next weekend, presuming that doesn't go ahead, uh, probably are entitled to a refund. Yeah. Um, but... Look, I think the Roosters charge, and I, um, don't quote, but 220 $240, and you get in for the whole season. You also uh, get member, membership benefits and stuff like that, and it saves you from queuing up in the, in the GA line or whatever. Um, and at the end of the day, I think in the long run, it saves you, especially if your team plays 12 games at their home ground, wherever that may be, I think it saves you basically two games in the whole season. Well, maybe um, they could refund something like that they could refund mm. that as a good faith because it's not like they're planning to cancel it and never do anything again. They're not saying season's cancelled. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> no, uh, look, I, I think, and I, I think clubs will uh, look up. I think the, if the season gets cancelled, I think clubs will have no choice, but to look at that. If teams, if, uh, you know, teams miss two or three home games, then uh, I, Obviously, people are allowed to choose what they want to do. I just think it's a bit harsh to ask people to, you know, refund money when these teams are going to take a big hit. But I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, Lee Freak. You're, you seem to – I'm interested what you're going to say. <laughs> are you a member? Are you a member? I, I'm, I'm not a member. I, I had uh, season tickets for two years for the Panthers about – what would that have been? Man, that's weird. It's going back about five years now when I think about it. Um, and I think at the time it was, I can't remember how many games it was, but it was about 240 bucks. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I did see a, a tweet by Phil Gould and he was saying, look, the clubs need your money and stuff like that. And Daniel will know the way I, I kind of look at it. The way I look at it is these are uh, organisations that generate millions of dollars a year and I, I kind of need my money more than they yeah. need my money. Um, so I, if look, if I thought I was going to miss more than, say, three games, I would want a full refund. Um, but I, I, I could also see... I could also see if the club said to supporters, look, we understand you just want refunds. We don't know where we're at right now with how many games we can provide you. We will, what we will do is we won't have any refunds until such time as we can tell you how many games you'll be without. And then what we will offer is either a full refund, no questions asked, or we will offer you the partial refund for how many games you will not have been allowed to attend, and the rest of your season ticket will will be um, basically as is going forward. Because right now, I mean, if, if there's only two weeks that they play without fans, it, it'd be hard to give out complete refunds. Wouldn't you just credit it for next year? Look, you like, could. You could do that. You could do that, yeah. yeah but, I mean... It, you know what? Where are you going to be in twelve months' time? I mean, it's at home. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows where anyone's? Because going to I got asked to buy a membership, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not going." See, I'm a prophet. I I knew this shit was coming. I was like, "Nope, <laughs> you can keep all your germy football stadiums to yourselves." <laughs> you've been you've been waiting for this pandemic all your life. That's the way you've not been going to games, hey? But, you know what? I don't prepare for anything. My sister is a, is a hoarder. She admitted she came out and she's like, I, I'm a 
panic buyer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? She showed me. She took photos. She had like four 40 packs of toilet rolls plus canned yeah. food. She had enough dog food for 40 years. I'm like, are you feeding the whole freaking puppy shelter? For God's sake, what are you doing? Like, you're not even going to have the dog for long enough to feed it all that. <laughs> well, the way I see in a pandemic, if you've got a dog, man, that's backup protein. Yeah. <laughs> My dog's a dog. I, I don't prepare. I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't take it seriously enough, but I don't watch the news. I don't talk to anyone about it. I talked to my doctor. He said, I've sent a letter out. If you have flu-like symptoms, you've got a ring before you come. You can't come in to book an appointment. If you've got flu-like symptoms, you're not coming to my office. Go straight to get tested. That's it. You know what's funny, though? There's a lot of uh, – I want to ask you guys a question about the NRA in a second, but there's a lot of people that are not going to the doctor at the moment because they're scared they're going to get this virus, which it's probably – so probably now if you've got any issues, great time to go to the doctor. Um, I'd like to know uh, – obviously, we're in a situation where we don't know at the time, obviously, doing this podcast, we don't know what's going to happen. The likelihood or reports that have been across the media is that they're going to try and push on. Do we think it's inevitable that this season is going to be interrupted at some point? I personally think it's going to take a miracle uh, for, and hopefully, it's, you know, it doesn't happen, but I think it's going to take a miracle um, for one of our players not to get tested positive with coronavirus. But the, when they're getting all up in other people's genitals and stuff, <laughs> random uh, girls. Like, uh, <laughs> well, 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 yes. Um, like, if you get that maybe. close to random people when there's a pandemic going on, you're going to get sick. Well, well, you know, the other thing is all 16 clubs in one place, I know they'll be told to basically go to training, go to the game, stay in the hotel. How often do NRL players listen to advice, though? Um, that, that, that's my kind of worry. But, you, you know... You know, the other thing, though, is that let's say someone gets tested positive for coronavirus. So then you've obviously got to quarantine that team for 14 days and you've got to quarantine more than likely the team they played against. Although I think that's a bit up in the air at the moment as well, because we saw Peter Dunn get diagnosed with coronavirus, what, two days ago. But they said anyone other than who was near him in the 24 hours beforehand uh, don't have to worry about it. So, so that is kind of a weird one as well because that's kind of against the everything else I've heard about but the that's virus. that's crazy rich person virus, not poor people virus where we <laughs> don't have to go to work and not get paid. He's going to just do whatever he wants and get paid a heap. That That is true. And then um, we have to know that the age of entitlement's over and stay home and be poor or go to work and you're disgusting and you're making everyone sick. Uh, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be poor and healthy. Um, but, um, but seriously, like, do we then, and the, I said this to someone earlier and I worry about this for a while, a, a bit, because let's say a player gets tested for coronavirus and 99.9% they'll be okay. But obviously the right protocols have to be followed. Do we then postpone the season? Because a friend of mine came back and said, well, the way the NRL are trying to push through this is it almost looks like they would quarantine that team and maybe the team they played against the weekend before, but it's to have every other game going and make up that game in two or three weeks later. I honestly think it's a real possibility. I know all options are up in the air, but I think it's a real possibility that the NRL are going to try their level best, even if some players come down with it, to play as many games as possible and play catch-up a bit later. So this season may well end on the first weekend of October. I just, it just is a, it's just a feeling, it's just the way the NRL are going for mine, is that they're going to push through whatever happens. See, I, I think that as soon as a player tests positive, I think that'll be it. The, the, they'll stop the season. It should be. It yeah, should be. And I think that if 
it's not something that happens at the legal level. I think the government will give them the tap on the shoulder and say, hey, you got to suspend it now. We can't have this. But I, I could also see a scenario where if that happened and they suspended the NRL, I could see where, and we've got a couple of months before it, where we still see something like the state of origin go ahead. Um, because that would, I mean, the you'd have a captive audience, first of all. The TV ratings are going to be ridiculous. Channel 9 is going to be desperate for content. And <laughs> I really could see a situation where if you can get 34 players in an environment where um, they're safe, they're away from anybody that's going to affect them. Look, you could have these guys, you know, somewhere out in the, the middle of nowhere, you know, in the, the two weeks leading up to a state of origin game and then fly them in on private jets to <laughs> play in, in Boy, front of it nobody. Would be, it would be even better if, like, not better and not funny because people being sick isn't funny. But imagine if all the really good players did get sick and they, like, it was the expendables. It was all these people that were never good enough for state of origin. Like 95. And we're, and we're just watching all this bunch of, like, really ordinary players just try to yeah. play. All, oh. all of a sudden, Clint Gutherson's pulling on the number one <laughs> Blues jersey. It's like, what the fuck? Now we're down to reserve graders, are we? But, but what right, if... No bad. Yeah, <laughs> Gutherson's all right, by the way. Uh, Mitchell Moses on the other hand. No, Moses, I think, actually had a very good game the other night. But... Uh, what if, and I, I like that idea, it'd be interesting to see the C-grade New South Wales and Queensland play, but, yeah, you know, cool. <laughs> I think, I think, oh, not, uh, it'll obviously be very upsetting, but it'll be quite yeah, interesting no, yeah, to watch. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> the thing that interests me is that, let's say we get through for a couple more weeks in the season, the suspended as well. What happens to, firstly, you know, you look at the first big weekend of the year, and that's Anzac Day, when you traditionally get 40,000 to the Dragons Roosters match. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to do with Anzac Day than the football matches that are played in Sydney and Melbourne, but that might have to be caught off. At this stage, I'd be very surprised if that goes ahead, but we are sort of six or seven weeks away from that. We may well be in a scenario here, in a very unique scenario, that in two months' time, yes, of course, who's, whoever has won the games that are being played before the season probably gets postponed. Obviously, keep the points. That's fine. We may be in a unique scenario here where State of Origin effectively starts our season again. And, you know, you kind of have to take the silver linings out of this whole horrible situation. And, and if that is the case, it's a hell of a way to kickstart a season. Yeah, and... and- I think all of those scenarios are possible. That's the weird thing about this. I I could totally see where I could see where we had a no NRL season, but I we had a like a five it. a five game state of origin series. You know, um, just to get something on TV, just to get some TV revenue that was there. Um, I, I think that everything is is open right now. I could see where we have. Uh, the competition broken into, you know, very small groups where they play, you know, every they might play like the four teams, you know, oh. and the the top teams from the groups all go in and they they're the playoff teams. Like I think every scenario is open if Your it is for a certain point, you know. My scenario is the best. I just thought of this right now. Okay. Okay. If, tell. If they go into quarantine. They get the captains from every team and they have to play each other on PlayStation 4 on the NRL game. 
and that's how the season's played. I like that. I think that's good. I'd watch it. I'd watch that, it. That's, that's how they play out the season, and they broadcast it on TV like that, those competitions. I, I know <laughs> I know. I've been almost going in out. I think that's a very good idea. At least people would watch because they've got nothing else to watch. Yeah. Uh, I know we're almost an hour into this. I don't know. How, how long do your podcasts usually go for? As long as we fucking want, Daniel. Oh, that's good. That's good. We, we, <laughs> Daniel, you've got places to be. <laughs> uh, no, not at the moment. Um, uh, the, the question I have is that worst case scenario, the season gets cancelled. I, I hope that doesn't happen, but a lot of doomsday people are thinking it will. I don't think it will, but we'll see what happens. How does that affect the game in the long run? Yeah, We may play Origin, so that generates some money. But and we may still have the Kangaroo Tour, which will generate some interest. But the the fact that Kangaroo Tour is in November, it's kind of outside of where people are really interested in rugby league. How does that leave things place? And again, like the TV money, I know what you were saying earlier, and you would hope TV would understand this is not a normal situation. But say we get to June or July, and God help us for so many other more important reasons that we're not still in the same situation as we are now. But what happens to the game? Because you have played one game. Potentially, we may get through another few rounds, and that's it for the season. Clubs lose a hell of a lot of money. The NRL may lose some money from the TV rights. And the thing is, you've got to look into the future. We're only a couple of years away from the next TV rights deal, which is another interesting thing that's going to be talked about with or without NRL this year as it builds up to that. This, The NRL and the NFL to an certain extent, but the NRL is going to take a Huge hit if this if the NRL gets totally cancelled this year. Worst case scenario. See, I think the I think the worst case scenario for rugby league. So, so say the season has to be cancelled and we see no more rugby league from Sunday night onwards. Right. Mm. I think the worst case scenario for rugby league in Australia. More, that's what we'll just focus on for now. Is that you have the TV networks uh, obviously. Channel 9 doesn't have this content anymore. Channel 7 doesn't have their AFL content anymore. I think of the writer's strike in Hollywood that they had about 15 years yep. ago. And when they, the writers uh, in Hollywood went on strike, and what it did was it, it made uh, broadcasters in the United States look at ways they could fill that content time in without needing shows to be written by writers. And that's where we've got this explosion of reality TV because you don't need re- writers for reality TV. Now, these days you kind of do a little bit, but for the most part, you don't need writers. And what it saw was a lot of sitcoms. You don't see very many sitcoms anymore. No. Were replaced by necessity at that time the the worst case scenario i could see happening for sports in australia and we'll just focus on australia is that broadcasters find something to fill in that time and whatever they use to fill in that time is what they go with going forward and the the need to rely oh. on rugby league is not as big as it has been in the past the one thing i will say in rugby league's favor is that these days on on television on on uh, pay TV and on free to air TV, the only things that properly rate are either the one or two reality TV shows that they've already got, like the the uh, the big ones. Like what's that one where they fix up the house and they the block the block? Yeah, that's right. I was just getting over fucking hearing about the block every twenty minutes. <laughs> Another so season the, of the block. 
Yeah, yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we'll basically have 57 seasons of The Block this year. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, apart from that, the things that rate uh live news events and live sports broadcasts, and I think that's going to be the saving grace of rugby league. Uh, Okay, free to air, I agree. But what about Fox, uh, Fox Lee and Fox Footy? More, we're more interested in rugby league, where they have five months of the year during the off season. They just have replays of old games where I, I can't imagine. I, I do flick on every now and again, but not that often. They will have a whole year potentially, hopefully not. And, and look, we'd probably see a scenario at least for the first few weeks where. Um, games is postponed where they would probably continue an NRL 360 type show because there will still be news going on. But effectively, they have a whole year in particular weekends where they will have to make up stuff. They'll just have to show old games and they will lose money. And we know as well that Foxtel in itself is not really in a good situation at the moment. So I agree with you. I think free to air would be all right because they can just put in replays of any old rubbish as they do over the Christmas period. And on a weekend, um, you know, on a Thursday and a Friday night, they can fill it with whatever they fill it in summer, whatever. But for Foxtel and Fox League and Fox Footy, the other thing is a lot of people subscribe to Foxtel for the uh, various football seasons and then get rid of it over summer because they can watch the cricket if they're interested in that over on free-to-air. Same goes for the tennis. I think they're going to be in a really, really difficult position. Um, and it's not just that. All the personalities they've signed up to do this, these shows, what do they do for the tw- next 12 months? That, that's where my worry comes in that free-to-air may play ball I don't know so much about Foxtel. They potentially would love to play ball, but they themselves might not be able to afford to play ball if they have nothing to show. And I kind of, even though it'd be awful, I kind of get where they'd come from with that. Yeah. I, I, see, I I tend to think, I mean, it'd be devastating for Fox Sports and Foxtel in general for the reasons. Mm. Just, but I also tend to think that once everything was back on track, the thing of Foxtel might have to cut right, right back on a lot of things, but the things that they would, that if they wanted to stay alive, if they didn't wind up when rugby league and AFL are back, man, it's, it's will be like pumping blood back into their system. <laughs> so, you know, that's, I mean, me and Katie were talking about this before, cause I, I got rid of Foxtel and was just going to go with KO. Now, I, did, I haven't seen the games tonight, the rugby league games tonight, because do I sign up for KO now? And if they cancel the games from this round, I'm not paying for KO going forward so that they show me replays of rugby league games from 10 years ago. I'm just not willing to do that. Um, so it, it's it's a very weird situation. And I mean, then in that sense, they've lost my money already just on the uncertainty of what we've got coming up, you know? Um it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like, Katie, would you would you get rid of Foxtel completely if the rugby league season was cancelled? I'd try to get rid of Foxtel now. <laughs> it's in my husband's name, and I've been asking yeah. him for, like, six weeks to shut it off. I haven't watched it since the season ended. What's his show, though? If he... So if he doesn't not... use it. We don't use Foxtel. We, we use my sister's Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just got KO, and I said, "Well, we've got KO. There's no need to have Foxtel because mm. we aren't we aren't going to turn it back on for the season now." And it's just because he doesn't want to ring up and do it. <laughs> By the way, can we just get uh, 
your sister's uh, Netflix password while we're talking. <laughs> She'll kill me. <laughs> I, I have another friend too that I'm using her, something else of hers. I'm like, why would I pay for it when I can use theirs? I think I've heard that they're going to stop that, and I don't know how they would stop multiple people using the using the one account. But uh, I've heard that Netflix, that's the next thing they'll do. Basically, is stop that sort of sharing going on, which. It'll be interesting to see how that affects their numbers, but uh, which is pretty dumb considering they get them getting their money either way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's uh, uh, would you uh, I know if if you weren't sharing it? Mm-hmm. Would you would have? I ne- get it? Yeah, I might probably. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for it if I don't have to. Yeah. But it's like I can't. Someone walks into my shop and buys a pie. I can't tell them they're not allowed to share with their friend. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, Although, once you pay for it, it's yours. You do with what it, you want. I tell and they you, give you that option, so you should be able to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I tell you what, any friend that wanted to share a pie, if I brought a pie from your shop. No one to share it with me. I wouldn't be my friend for very long. That's bullshit. I wouldn't be sharing anything at the moment. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh shit. Well, we've been going for an hour and eight minutes. I reckon we should probably wrap it up there. Um, any last thoughts? So I'll go to you first, Danny. Like, uh, any last thoughts on what you've seen and what you expect to happen? And you know, and and the crushing. You know, defeat you obviously felt tonight. Uh, to be honest, I must say, in terms of the defeat of the Roosters, I, I, it's nice to talk about the game for a second. Look, I, I was, I was actually impressed with Penrith. I thought the way they came back was good. The worrying thing for Penrith, um, is that they did this a lot last year where they came back and it worked for a period of time, but it's not sustainable to do it every, um, week in, week out, depending on obviously what happens with the season. The Roosters, not overly concerned. The, the one thing that kind of did worry me, and I'm not having a go at him, because I, I think the one thing I think you've got to remember with the Roosters, they have they were in England, what, two weeks ago? So there would be – and they've had no real preseason. Luke Keery and the Cole Flanagan combination. Luke Keery is a great player. I think Flanagan is the making of a great player. I think a lot of fans, Roosters, are not probably expected that to click straight away. That is going to take some time. But in saying that, go back two years when Cooper Cronk and James Tedesco joined the club. I remember the first two months of the season, everyone was writing them off because it just did not click, and then all of a sudden it did. So in terms of the context of the season, if we don't have don't have any interruptions, which looks unlikely, I think the Roosters are all right. I think Penrith are, are top eight. Uh, certainty as well to be honest if they keep playing the way they're doing in terms of the context of the season I don't know I I think the press conference that's going to be held is going to be interesting I tend to think and I don't know there are rumors on Twitter that the season's going to be postponed but from everyone in the know um, and having spoken to a couple people in the media that will go unnamed they're presuming that the season will go ahead albeit in a remote venue, so to speak, not that not offending anyone in Townsville or Darwin, but it will be different. Um, personally, I think the season will be postponed at some point. I don't know if that will be this week. The problem that we've got now, and this is a, a problem that we're going to face for a little while, is that this story can change very quickly. So what is said in the next 24 hours can be completely different to what is said in the next 24 hours and so on and so forth. I would hope we can get through another couple of rounds, but 
most importantly, two things is that the players and the fans, but especially the players, their welfare is first and foremost. Um, they have to be okay. They have to be looked after and their families as well. Um, obviously, the players are probably fit enough to get through if they have this illness, but you know, you know some of them will have older elderly parents, some of them will have grandmothers, kids, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I don't know the personal history of every player. Um, so we've got to be careful with that. How dare you? Uh, I'll, I'll be, that's what I'll be doing over the time it's postponed, looking up everyone's uh, Facebook account. Um, the second thing, though, is there are so many more important things going on in this world, but it's important that we protect our game. Um, I've seen people on Twitter, we've discussed it in this podcast, that, that a lot of people are thinking this season should be postponed now. I get that. A lot of people are angry that they can't go to games. I get that as well. But at the end of the day, we've got to put a product out for TV where we get a lot of our money, um, regardless of whether the TV would play ball or not. And I think you've got to support the NRL. I think every fan, I don't care what club you support, um, and I think every CEO of uh, any NRL club and obviously the people working the NRL, they have to unite for this. I know there's been doubt about Todd Greenberg's future. That has to go into the background for the next couple of months. We have to unite as one in on this as everyone else is doing in terms of the world and see how we go. Try something radical. Try and take them up to Darwin. It may not work, but if we can still see some football for the next few weeks and keep people entertained, this is the other thing. There's going to be a lot of people that aren't leaving the house at the moment and want a product of football to watch. We need that. And one thing, I'll leave you on this, one thing that hasn't been muted much, there's been a few people saying on Twitter about both um, various codes, is that if crowds aren't allowed into the game, which looks likely, and if they're playing games in one or two venues, a lot of people are saying, and I'm sort of for this, all games should be on free-to-air because if you were denied a chance to go and watch your team, rightly so, I understand why, you should be able to watch it on free-to-air because the problem is if it's not all on free-to-air, everyone's going to go to the pub to watch it and it's just going to cause another issue. But uh, foremost, first, most and foremost, everyone just needs to stay safe. We need to be sensible. We need to be rational. And I think people just need to be patient. This will pass. But this is unprecedented circumstances. We just have to wait and watch and see what happens over the next 24, 48, 72 hours. Well said. Uh, Katie, your final thoughts. And also, Parramatta's win. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know what? It really annoys me because I said that I, like, people, you say something about a player on their team and they're like, rawr, rawr, rawr. and you're like, I put shit on my own team. Parramatta won, but it was shit. Yeah, they weren't that they impressed. They should have done better. I, yeah, so, I thought that, look, I thought the dogs, I thought the dogs were impressive when you consider where they're at in the rebuilding of well, the club. I think they Canada. played harder and better than Eels. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, I'll put shit on your player. I'll put shit on my own team. I'll put shit on whatever I want, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what are your thoughts on, on just generally the overall, you know, situation we're in and, and you know, what you well, think? Well, I think, happening? as Daniel said before, he'd rather stay home and be healthy this is just a grander scale than people in the community. They want to take their kids out of school to keep them healthy. They want to stay home from work to keep themselves healthy. They want sick people to stay home so they don't pass it on. But they don't want to miss out. Yeah. And it's like they're people. They're people mm. who don't want to go to work and get sick, just like you. Yeah. So just get your shit together. 
and realise people are more important than things. And just really quickly, I think also, let's say this idea to go to Darwin or wherever it comes off and it goes, I also think it really should be up to the individual players whether they want to do that. Now, I know that may take some of our superstars out of our game, but a lot of our superstars have wives and kids as well. Uh, it is a very delicate situation we're at at the moment, um, and I would not have a go at anyone for pulling out, whether I agree with them or not, whether I think some of this is maybe an overreaction. At the end of the day, safety has to be number one. So if someone wants to pull out and say they don't want to go, I understand that. Um, if, it, it's just going to be a very interesting 24-hour or couple of weeks, really. I think if superstars pull out, it just gives people opportunities who might not have been able to be superstars to show how good they are. So we exactly. might see things that we've never seen because we weren't looking. Yeah, so that, I, that's right. I personally, like, I, I've got a, a, a big thing where I just – pulling out is not an option, okay? There's no pulling out. But in this case, well, I'm surprised you don't have a heap of kids. <laughs> in this case, I, I agree. I, I think that it, it needs to be put up to the individual. And we've seen when that happens in rugby league, the individuals tend to be a group and the group tends to be the club and the club tends to be led by the coaches. So, um, but I, I think that, I think that we're going to play a few more weeks, then the competition will be suspended. The thing I want to say is, Rugby League has a very, very long history of putting on a show for the people when times are tough and when there are events in the world that are happening. Uh, Rugby League has basically been one of the sports that said, look, we'll give you something that you can watch while something terrible is going on. I think that they'll continue that as long as possible. And, you know, I, I... I think people need to be prepared for this season to be almost a lost season, but at the same time, there'll be a lot of weird things happening. And I think we could see all sorts of different games and maybe rep games and, you know, events and and things like that behind closed doors, but that rugby league will put on. Um, It's going to be a difficult time for the game, but the game is a relief from the difficult times that, that, we're seeing happening around the world. And I think that if we get, you know, one extra game of rugby league, it's a wonderful bonus. Um, I just hope that as a society and, and the societies that we have across the world, that we get this thing under control, we slow it down and we get on top of it early on as much as we can, because um, we've never in our lifetime seen anything like this. And, you know, hopefully we can we can knock it on the head before it it gets too much worse. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, thank you both for joining me. Um, I, I'm sure in the next episode, Andrew will be back with us, and and we'll I'll have a chat with Andrew, and we'll we'll be talking about all sorts of things. We're not going to stop the podcast. I've got a heap of ideas for the podcast, and I know Andrew has yeah. a heap of ideas. We've got history episodes. There's probably going to be some sort of, like, I know that uh, we'll have Daniel back on, Katie will be back on. We've got heaps of stuff lined up, so we're not going anywhere. We're going to provide everyone with the show. Um, we'll probably do a few more of the uh, watching movies and stuff if the season gets cancelled altogether. But we can guarantee Fergie on the Freak is not going anywhere. 
So if you've got friends, you've got family and stuff, and they're like, man, what will I do without my footy fix? Tell them to subscribe to the podcast. Tell them to go to rugbyleagueproject.org. Tell them to go to the Patreon. What's the Patreon? That's patreon.com slash rlproject. Uh, tell us your, your Twitter accounts too, because they can follow you both on Twitter. Katie, what's your Twitter account? I don't know. I'll have to go <laughs> Yeah. All right, that man. What's your Twitter account, Daniel? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's at Dan One. And while Katie is uh, doing that, I have, do have a question. Uh, like, for, let's say the se- season is cancelled. What the hell are you going to do to occupy yourself for the next twelve months? <laughs> Touch himself. Probably that's very true. First of all, Katie, how dare you? <laughs> First of all, that's up to me to tell Daniel. Okay, number one. <laughs> Daniel, I'm just going to touch myself. But... <laughs> no, I, my plan that will be... That'll one minute. He's going to do that anyway. Hey, what the fuck? I'm the host here. Don't fucking bag my one minute. It's a bloody good minute, all right? Multiple best... times a day, you can get that's to, a... you know... That's anyway. the best 60 seconds of a young lady's life. Um, yeah. No, I, I would... Uh, that's a really good question, because I, I don't know. I, I really don't <laughs> I think I would probably do a lot of working out, um, and outside of that, it's probably going to be like Destiny and Fortnite and the Xbox. <laughs> just try, just try not to get too depressed. Basically, I think what I'm going to be doing. I'm have the most ripped right forearm <laughs> and wrist you have ever seen. So just be prepared for that. All right. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, so, yeah, what's your what's your Twitter account, Katie? Oh, I forgot to look. Oh. <laughs> is it um, like Katie Lou Burns or something? How do you... Yes, it is. How do you know that? <laughs> uh, because is... I've seen you on Twitter. See, this is the weird shit that happens when you get somebody on who fucking is an actual host. And not, <laughs> you know, me. Actually, no, I'm the host of the halftime show on Swast Sports. Hey, you know what you could do? You, you yeah. could practice for however many weeks, months, years this goes for, hopefully uh, weeks. Uh, for you, you know, the way you've hosted this, I reckon you're almost ready to host an episode of Swire League when the rest of the team is in quarantine. I, I'm going to tell every... You're going to Yeah. Look, I'm going to tell every single member of the Swire Sports team that you said that. Please and, do. Don't yeah. be listening. Yeah, it'd be good. Um, I, I, it'd be silly for me to not ask this question. Okay. What is, of you both, what is the weirdest animals you would eat when the pandemic is at its worst? This is what caused all this problem. Yes. Yes, Jesus. not bats. <laughs> Won't be eating bats. No, okay, so no bats, right? <laughs> what about uh, the minor birds? Would we eat minor birds? <laughs> no. I think they taste terrible. What about, yeah. uh, are we looking at like, um, do you reckon you could eat a, I wonder what a cockatoo tastes like. I have a deep freezer full of food, so oh, I'm not eating anything wild. You know, you know this, was a, this was a topic on England Radio, not um, who, what animal would you eat, but what personality, whether you know or you don't know, you would eat. Now, obviously, it has different uh, ramifications, but is there someone you would like to eat to keep you alive? Yeah, you go first, Katie. <laughs> um, yes. 
not because I think that they taste good, just because I like wouldn't miss them if they were gone. Oh jeez. <laughs> what? I'm just trying to think of who I would eat if it was a personality and it was to sustain me. Well, it doesn't really matter who you cook them, and they all gonna taste the same. Ah no, because I would want somebody that. First of all, I'd want the meat to be tender, so they couldn't be somebody that's exercised. I'd want it to have good marbling because I'd want it to taste good, you know. So this is going down a bad track. I'm getting myself in trouble. It's not going to taste good, really. I've got a few people in mind, but none of them are going to be mentioned. Okay. Oh, well, that's a bit how you're going. You set us up for that, Daniel. I did. I did. No, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Hopefully it doesn't come to that stage, I must say. I don't know. I can't think it would be interesting. I um, sell my sister-in-law for, like, one roll of toilet paper, one square of toilet paper. <laughs> By the I'd way. i shoot it to the moon. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, well, Katie, if you've, got a, if you've got a stack of food in your freezer, I might be doing a trip your way. Uh, I, I Obviously... I'm not stopping. Like, you're going to have to just chuck it in my car window when I drive past, but I'm just letting you know that. No way. I'm not sure. You know what? My nana actually got three rolls of toilet paper from me, and I thought that was really nice of me, considering everyone else is, like, trying to kill each other for them. Yeah, that was nice. Sorry? He's both Pardon? stocked up. Me? Uh, you go first, Katie. No, you go first. Uh, I have to, well, me and my girlfriend have, girlfriend will say, to an extent, uh, we've got enough for a couple of weeks. I tend to think, though, you know, I actually feel very sorry for people who work at Coles and Woolworths who overnight have to restock everything for the crowds getting in at 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning. It is just ridiculous. I did see a tweet on Twitter earlier that said this. You really should be separate shopping hours for the elderly, um, and I kind of get that because they're the ones who need all of these things. Um, I want to say one other thing, but I'll let Katie tell us if she stocked up first. Nah, I bought like 40 rolls oh, of Kleenex Cottonelle a few weeks ago. So, again, preemptive. No member tickets, toilet paper for days. I knew it was coming. So I'm thinking. I, 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 and I think Daniel knows more so what I'm like as being a paranoid, looking to the future and all that stuff. I'm stocked up. I am good thing, good man. The bunker is just prepared. You're like a branch from movie trolls. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like, if things get real bad, I'm gonna bring the cult in. Like, and I've been setting up this cult idea for a while. <laughs> um, it's it's always been where I've probably been going with my life, and yeah, it's gonna be a bloody good cult. I can't wait. I'm gonna have twenty five. Doesn't have to be in Blue Mountains though. Yeah, but the like the thing about oh the, yes, I saw this tweet. Okay, so the, the idea is it's going to be in the Blue Mountains, right? And the reason for that is because we'll clear all of the the hippie idiots that live in the mountains because <laughs> they're all a bunch of. If you've been in the Blue Mountains, you know that the people that live up there they burn incense and they it's just a bunch of hippie idiots. Okay, so we'll clear them out. That's not a problem. Um, and, yeah, then we're going to live up there. I'm going to have 25 wives because it's a cult. Why else would you start one? Hey, can I, without saying, without saying really bad, really? You want 25 wives? Yeah. yeah. One's really? a pain in the arse, let me tell you. I was yeah. going to say that. But I know one. because I am one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, I want one for every 
every day of the new month. Every hour. No, no, the new month. It's going to be new months I set up. They're going to be 25-day months. Um, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to sustain ourselves off of the land and drink cool aid and stuff. It'll be really good. That sounds fantastic. Mm, mm. Can, can, can I just say one more thing? I think, uh, I don't know if I might have posted this Twitter. I think obviously we've got off track in the past 10 minutes, but I do think it's important that people, this is obviously a very serious situation, yeah. but, and you know, we're having a joke, um, and I love your idea of 25 wives. I think you're mad. Um, yeah. but if you want to do that, you can. Uh, well, you can't actually. It's illegal. Uh, but in your world, who knows? Um, my law. Yeah, your laws, uh, Lee Craig's laws. Um, look, I, I do think it's important that people still have a laugh, still. Yeah. Uh, and I know there are people that are making jokes about coronavirus, uh, you know, but, and I know people frown on that. But I think it's important people keep their sense of humour. And instead of, obviously, you have to keep an eye on this, and obviously it is worrying for everyone, but if you lose your sense of humour, you lose everything. So I applaud all these TV shows, and I don't think we're that funny, but I applaud people that actually are funny, um, that are still going on with stuff, um, even if it's not actually, or even if it's just on TV or radio. I, I think as much as we can, we've got to continue our normal lives, have a laugh, enjoy life, we'll get through it, um, but just stay calm because stressing about this situation it's probably going to make you sick so i think it's very important for people just to keep their sense of humor it will all be all right we just have to be patient that's very well said i don't think thank i you. could get it better myself thank you now uh who's your who's your number one wife um oh, i'd be it'd be hmm, it'd be scarlett johansson yeah i could live Dick. with that god be realistic <laughs> No, I, I would like I would like him to not right. tonight, but write a list of twenty five females <laughs> that he would that. have. Are you kidding? Why not? I can't do that because people already say I'm a bloody misogynist anyway. You want me to do it with the NRL players, and you do it with movie stars. Movie stars. Yeah, nah, movie star women. Nah, because like I I I my list would be very like you know after you've done what well, five. Well, you do it with female. NRL stars. No, I can't do that. I but I've, do if I do it with guys, you do it with girls, then it cancels each other out because we're both doing it. So no one's being objectified because it's just mm-hmm. everyone involved. That's a, good, that's a good point. I just feel like I can't do that. I, I feel like I'd get in so much trouble if I did that, hey? You probably See? would. You agree with me. There's a tumbleweed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm staying out of this conversation. Yeah. Okay. I think that's been a good end to the podcast. Oh, I think so. I'm terrified of saying something wrong, and uh, you're trying to get me to say something wrong. It's fantastic. This is basically you have now evolved into what Andrew tries to do every episode. He tries to goad me into saying something I shouldn't. Also, how much am I getting paid for this? Uh, we, well, the way that Next we do it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we basically, we send you a check. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we ask that you don't cash it for the next okay. two, three, four, Millenniums. five years. Okay. Oh, years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just, uh, it'll be signed by an A Ferguson. Um, it won't look like his handwriting, but. No. I can just trust me, it's his. All right. So, so, so it's worth me on Monday or Tuesday going to check the mail and head to the local bank. 
Yeah, just go to the bank, rock on up, and uh, mm-hmm. just say, look, I just want to put this check in, but don't cash it straight okay. away. Okay. Cool. I'll let you know how that goes. I'm looking forward to being a millionaire by Tuesday. Excellent. So am I. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, we'll be pumping out more episodes. We hope you enjoyed this one. We hope that you enjoyed having a bit of a smile and a laugh with us, and we will be back sometime in the next few days.